0: every time
2: a proud member of the gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode is it time to finally jump back into the matrix star trek has its day and zombies invade the mcu
3: welcome to the pcc
0: multiverse and we're back with another episode of the p c c multiverse this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do anything that you can to follow us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, Warlocks and Whiskey, or any number of our fantastic tabletop RPG games because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, it is sincerely Appreciate it. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without a good friend, and she is back once again to invade the pop culture cosmos. It is the mastermind behind some of our most famous games each and every week on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook or wherever you get your social media. It is a good friend indeed. It is Melinda Barkhouse. And Melinda, great to have you back on the program. I am still sporting. The beard that Robbie <laughs> Ross requested I try yes. and grow on vacation, mm-hmm. I'm going to shave it because it, it still itches me like crazy, but I have not had a chance. But I just want to <laughs> let you know it is still growing, but I will not let it grow any more than like a Paul Bunyan style.
1: <laughs> Paul Bunyan style. <laughs> yes. Wow. One sentence at a time. I'm going to have to get Robbie to come in here and, and have a have a peek. I don't think I've showed him the photo yet that you sent from Hawaii.
0: Well, that's OK. You can just have him watch the stream on Twitch. You can have him watch the stream off of my Facebook feed or our YouTube channel on Pop Culture Cosmos Concerns. So we're all over the place right now. True story. But tell me at first, you've got a major announcement in regards to your I guess your your premier show, your your show that you put above all others, and your yes. tabletop RPG stream, it is vampires and vitae. Your new season is almost here.
1: It is, yeah. We're hard at work behind the scenes, but um, our first in camera stream is going to be uh, with here with Pop Culture Cosmos, and that's going to happen on Sip- Or sorry, October third. It'll be at. It'll start around. because we know how we are Um, around 1 30 pacific time and of course you'll be able to watch the stream it's going to run about three hours and uh, as always we are still going to have the fully curated podcast that people will be able to download and listen to every friday as it always has been and this is like a preview of the backdrops that we have so we're we're very very excited
0: well, we're also going to be talking about vampires coming up on the back end of the show because AMC has started casting for its interview with a vampire reboot as far as a TV series now would become. We'll talk about that and a little bit more on today's program, including Marvel has an invasion of zombies on its What If show on its latest episode. So we'll talk about that. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about Star Trek having its day in the spotlight. I know that there are still a lot of Trekkies out there, although, you know, they do get dwarfed by all the Star Wars fans. But Star Trek still with a certain, uh, you got to admit, when it comes to, let's, okay, do you you want to go off box office receipts?
1: You know what? You can show me receipts all day but i will say this that star trek fans perhaps aren't as vocal as star wars fans. okay let,
0: let, let's leave it at that I, yeah i I, <laughs> I am both a star trek and a star wars fan so i can say i, I go both ways as far as it's concerned so Fair. i i will say that they did have their day in the sun mainly as plugging for their stuff that's coming on paramount plus so we're going to talk about that coming up here in a bit plus also as well we're going to be talking about the latest playstation event playstation for a long time they missed out on e3 they've been missed out on gamescom and a lot of people were asking about do they have any new things coming up when are they going to showcase it well they did have their showcase so i'm going to be sharing some thoughts and i'm hoping tj johnson will as well so i'll cut that into the show later on in a bit here but first off my friend did you take the red pill or did you take the blue pill because the (laughs) matrix resurrected is back so what were your thoughts today as the trailer dropped for the general audience i first want to say that they had a very creative way of dropping the trailer initially where you had to go to the site what is the matrix.com you had to take a red or a blue pill and it would take you down a certain path and you could see the trailer from the perspective of either through keanu reeves uh, who you know is the one Or through a young Morpheus, depending on which pill you take. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. It led up to, if you didn't want to go through all that work and whatnot, it led up to an actual trailer, full trailer today that was released. And I want to hear your thoughts on it before I share mine on if you, well, first off the movie itself, and then we'll talk about
1: the matrix right after. Sure. Okay. Well, it hit all of the right feelings. That's for sure. The new trailer, and it uh, definitely—I feel like the it's a well, okay, no, we know that it's like a relaunch, right, of the Matrix yes. stuff and everything that i've seen is saying that it's a it's a resurrection of a lot of the uh characters that we know from the previous three movies so there's a young morpheus uh the oracle there's a young oracle in the trailer and stuff like that so i'm very excited to see if we're gonna get matrix 5 matrix 6. isn't that funny we just get the trailer the movie's not out yet and i'm already talking about the next one
0: absolutely well that's what Um, i want to talk about i'm gonna say that this trailer if the movie succeeds or the movie fails it's not because of the trailer because the trailer itself i think with jefferson airplanes alice so good very very prophetic it was mixed in very well and i think the scenes that were showcased off i think that lana wachowski has really had a lot of time to go ahead and prepare for this And there's been a lot of years since the final Matrix movie was made as far as for the first trilogy is concerned. I really liked it. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I really think that this gets me pumped for something I may not have been pumped for for a long time. Because the Matrix 2 and 3, they left such a bad taste in your mouth. Matrix 2 was declining values, but still had some value there. But Matrix 3 it became a point where it is all exposition and theory. And it's just like I was going to a sight class rather than going to actually watching a movie. And it came to the point where I didn't care about what happened by the end of the film. And that's sure. something that I think a lot of people, as you've heard of over the years, people have dumped on Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 for a long time. And it's been a bad taste of mouth. But I think that there's been such a gap, such a gap in regards to how long it's been since matrix three that i think now's the time to bring it back i'm really getting excited again for getting back into the matrix i know it has a great actor in yaya Abdul the second playing the young morpheus and i think that from what i've seen so far he looks really good in that role and i'm excited for it i'm really excited for this now i wasn't this time yesterday i'm going to tell you right now i wasn't I didn't do the work in going to what is the matrix. I should have, but I I just wasn't, and I wasn't excited for it. But I can tell you firmly now, I'm ready to go ahead and take a pill, either red or blue, and jump into the matrix once again.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a go-see-it-in-every-giant-screen-super-sound-system-movie-theater that you can go and see this one in, I think. It's going to be worth paying that little upcharge to up your experience for this one, I think. It's definitely a see-it-in-the-theater kind of film. Well,
0: that's what I also wanted to ask you, because it's also going to be day-and-date on HBO Max. In fact, Dune, which is coming out in October, is also going to be a day-and-date on HBO Max. I'm going to go see Dune in the theaters on IMAX, but I'm also going to go see the Matrix Resurrections in a theater as well. I'm hopefully the same thing in IMAX, but I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is something that's going to be very interesting if people still, because of what's going on in the world, try to avoid going out to theaters, but now they're able to see it day and date. I know it will probably end up hurting the box office. It did for something like the Suicide Squad, which did tremendous on HBO Max, but did, had middling numbers at the box office. I mean, if you were just to go off of the, the box office numbers, it would be considered a failure, but HBO and HBO Max and everybody is so excited for the future of the Suicide Squad because of the tremendous numbers it did for HBO Max. Do you see something happening the same in the same way for both of those films, Dune and The Matrix Resurrections?
1: I just, I think that both of these movies are blockbuster, gotta see them in the theater movies you know i i know right now we're we're in a pandemic but oh my gosh vaccinate wear your mask practice your social distancing and you know be respectful when you're in the theater of the people around you and go and enjoy these epic movies that are coming out on the big screen
0: i did with shang chi and the legend of the ten rings while i was in hawaii i was made sure i was 25 feet away from the next person (laughs) and yeah even if it just meant me going into the third row for doing it I still had a great view I I enjoyed my time back in the theater so I'm hoping people will go ahead and support movies like Dune and also the Matrix Resurrections I'm, I'm still thinking that people might hold on to the past in regards to those two latter movies which Again, as you know, and I both know, during that time, there were some declining values. Two was like, okay, it's not what we thought it would be. It wasn't a great follow-up, but still, we're going to give number three a chance. And then they gave number three a chance. And I-, I know a lot of people out there just really did not like it. I mean, you've heard that over the years.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. But I think that the way that they're presenting this, it's almost like the new... I was going to say Resurrections, the new incarnation of the characters that we know and love, like Morpheus and the Oracle and the Architect. It's exciting because it's going to give us an opportunity to see both Neo rediscover, but also perhaps some of those characters rediscovering their roles in the Matrix as well. I'm very uh, excited. I can't wait to see it in the theater.
0: I also think that, you know, you had the original The Matrix that came out in 1999, which had the cutting edge special effects, which still to this day hold up pretty good. And the bullet time features and all that, I think that it it holds a place in a lot of people's hearts like myself. And I will sit down and watch it anytime it comes across the TV. With the other two movies, though, it came out in the same year in 2003, Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. And I think that was part of the problem in regards to, you know what we see now with a lot of people with the Marvel where so much is coming out from Marvel and it's such a short period of time. People get burnt out. I think people were burnt out on the Matrix at that point in 2003. So I'm hoping this 18-year gap is a long enough gap to <laughs> for people to forget about the Matrix revolutions and hopefully get back into the Matrix and jump back into the Matrix and take a pill, red or blue, back into the Matrix once again. There it is. But I want to hear your thoughts out there on The Matrix Resurrections. It's a great trailer. You please got to check it out. I know it's going to hit a lot of great numbers. I know a lot of people are excited for Keanu Reeves jumping back in. Carrie Ann Moss is in it. I know no Lawrence Fishburne, or at least he is saying that he's not in the movie. And I know that that could possibly be the case where they do a little cameo with him later on. Or maybe they have something set up for him in like Melinda was talking about matrix five and matrix six so we'll hopefully see a return for lawrence Fishburne. i would love to see him back because he's truly a great actor but we'll see what happens with a new cast following those two down the matrix what are your thoughts out there on the matrix resurrections are you ready to take the red pill or the blue pill and jump back into the matrix we want to hear your thoughts pop cosmos at yahoo.com or check us out on social media at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter or even go ahead what's your social media out there
1: for Vampires and Vite? Vamps and Vite on Twitter, Vampires and Vite on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to know
0: what Vampires and Vite is like, check out the ad for it right about now, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.
2: Okay, wait. Wait,
0: I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so,
1: certainly try.
0: Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver obvermination, ob- <laughs> obv- obulation. It's
1: obfuscation. Roll your dice.
0: Okay. So, I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You b-
1: are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging.
0: Oh, God, this is...
1: The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you.
0: Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do.
1: Vampires in vita a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast. Season two, coming soon to Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the
0: PCC Multiverse along with my good friend, Miss Melinda Barkhouse, our master of all that's going on in <laughs> the tabletop RPG universe for Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to go ahead and check in with you on Star Trek Day, because as we discussed or a little bit, okay, I, again, as someone who loves both sides, and you see, I've got the Mandalorian on, but I, you know, I, I love me some Star Trek all the way back from the original series. I remember mm-hmm. watching it as a kid, not, not back at the, when it was original on NBC, but I was part of that generation that watched it in reruns on a local station because it, it you know, they syndicated it out everywhere and it blew up and we all know what it became today. Well, Star Trek had its day yesterday with Paramount and Paramount plus trying to basically it's the cornerstone. It is the, the Star Trek, IP is the cornerstone of the Paramount Plus universe. I mean, if that channel is going to succeed, a lot of it is going to be due to Star Trek. I'm going to say this right now. So if it does succeed as an entity, a lot of it's due to Star Trek and all of its programming. I want to hear your thoughts before we get into specific dates and trailers. Your overall thoughts on Star Trek Day and what Paramount Plus had to offer.
1: Well, they definitely had a lot to offer. I don't think I've seen that much Star Trek buzz on the internet in in quite a while, Mm -hmm. even more so than Patrick Stewart, Stewart. because we're best friends. After he made the announcement at Comic-Con, was it Comic-Con?
0: Or was it Star Trek? I think it was the Star Trek showcase here in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. Yeah. At the Rio hotel.
1: Yes, the big convention that they do every yes. year down here. Yeah.
0: Yes, I've um, been to a, I've been to a couple of them, and it's very interesting. And yes, if you want to see hundreds of people at one time going like this, you know, live long and prosper. Yes. There you go. There you go. You've actually attended day. it, correct?
1: I have not yet. Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I, was, I thought that was where I saw you in uniform for Star Trek.
1: No, I was actually part of a group back in Canada called Keg Canada, Mm -hmm. and we did a lot of charity work. But our shtick was we dressed up as Klingons. So I had the ridges, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: if you could do the whole language, yeah, kapla. Yeah. A
1: a little bit. I'm a lot rustier than I used to be, but I I can. There was even a Klingon opera at one point that I kind of knew. So.
0: Oh. (laughs) I am impressed. No, I don't wonder, know he, no I don't, wonder Robbie was so entranced by you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There, but, it was the singing uh, of the Klingon opera that got him. <laughs> he needs to remember, though, revenge is a dish best served cold. Well, that's, true. Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. But your thoughts on the whole day itself, Paramount Plus was, I mean, what they, they introduced and what they had to offer, the updates on all their shows. I thought that was very smart how they did that and yes. updates, in fact. They did announce with Picard, of course, they did showcase another trailer uh, that, you know, obviously showcasing the latest entry for season two, Q, who will be mm-hmm. a major part of this next season, which I think a lot of people that are longtime Star Trek The Next Generation fans are really excited about. So I'm, I'm happy for them. I watched many, many episodes. I, didn't, I have not watched the entire series. I think I've watched maybe two thirds of it. Sure. there's just so many episodes that came out in syndication at that time uh, but i really do enjoy my time with tng and i really think that picard as we talked about picard for me was up and down thing uh, i thought it was in and out I, I really am thinking it's not there yet it's not gelled as well as discovery has discovery after a kind of iffy start is has, has really found a niche and season three i think was really good with picard which just got approved mm. and renewed for season three before season two comes out in February. I mean, that's yeah. that's great news already that they have a lot of confidence. But I want to hear your thoughts on Star Trek Picard and how excited you are for that series.
1: Well, I mean, watching the first season and when you see those characters coming back, it was A lot more emotional than I expected it to be like the the first time that we saw Riker and Troy at their house and he like burnt the pizza in the pizza oven. I don't know why but that struck me in all of my feelings and like I had a little like ugly cry over it. So I think the first season for me I enjoyed it so much because there was so much fan service and so much nostalgia in it as it was mixed with this new story that they were trying to tell. So I was one of the few who was on board from the very first episode and he had a pit bull named number one. Come on,
0: of course, come on. Of course. Okay, okay. Okay. But Jonathan Frakes has been a major part of the Star Trek universe. He's directed and been a mm-hmm. part behind the scenes for a lot of stuff. And he's actually made guest appearances on Star Trek lower decks, which is something I want to talk about because it's, it showcases this mid-season trailer already, and it just came on the air not right. too long ago for its second season. I think, personally, of all the series that are out there on the Star Trek universe for Paramount+, Plus, Discovery has really become a great series and a backbone of what they're doing, but I really like what they're doing with Star Trek Lower Decks. I think that's my favorite show of the entire lot.
1: Wow, that's pretty bold well, I statement. Haven't,
0: I haven't seen Star Trek new worlds yet strange new world okay fair I mean, fair. Th- i mean that looks good from what i've seen on set photos they haven't shown any footage yet but my gosh i i really like lower decks i really think that's you know it people i know love really really love what they see from rick and morty and, and off the beach shows like that but some there's some though that just don't want to get into because it goes into way too crude of humor Mm -hmm. This, I think, is a blending of the Star Trek universe plus Rick and Morty. And I think it takes away a little bit of the crude humor enough so that a larger general audience may be able to adapt to
1: it. Sure. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited for all things Star Trek. It doesn't matter. I'm one of those fans that's going to like it regardless. You know, timeline problems or, you know, uh, backstory issues, things like that. I'm like, eh picard is on my television i don't care it's fine it's fine
0: okay because there are a lot of timeline issues i mean it's like the x-men franchise okay it it was the x Men franchise before the x Men franchise with their timeline mix-ups and timeline mistakes and timeline corrections and things of that nature and one of the things i want to ask you with this timeline is that interesting as far as the cast announcements for strange new worlds one of them if you missed it her last name in the series will be Noonan Singh. Who, yes. If you're a Star Trek fan out there, yes. you know, you would know from Star Trek Into Darkness, and of course, one of the best Star Trek sci-fi films, one of the best sci-fi films, period, in Star Trek Wrath of Khan, because Khan Noonan Singh is the individual played by Ricardo Maltabon and later reprised by Benedict Cumberbatch. So I want to hear your thoughts. That was kind of like an afterthought. It was like, oh yeah, this 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 lady she's playing, this character whose last name is Nunyan Singh, and everybody's like doing a double take. What'd they say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Nunyan Singh. Ooh, what's going on there, right?
1: Yeah. But well, I so mean, we you. well, we know that Khan was okay i'm sorry i'm a little he was
0: in the 1990s when he rose to power is the 1990s uh interesting enough which is now 25 (laughs) years in the past but right it it was in the 1990s that's when he rose to power and that's when he had i think dominated about two-thirds of the of the earth and had control of it before a revolt happened and he was forced off to go ahead and jump into a ship along with all of his his uh, followers who have the same superpowers that he did mm-hmm. genetically made superpowers. I do not know if she's genetically enhanced, which would be very interesting to see and how that fits because it's kind of an awkward fit because was she found on the spaceship, the same spaceship that the star Trek enterprise found in this, in the episode space seat from the original series. I mean, I'm curious how they're going to have relate. Is she a distant relative? You know, is she what, a sister?
1: She could be she, a sister.
0: She could be a sister. I mean, does she have powers? Does she not? I mean, was she genetically mutated? I mean, that's something I think that's left for questions, a lot of questions. And I think that's was done very covertly, but still it was put out there and they want this type of conversation to happen
1: yeah a hundred percent it was i don't think anything that they do with star trek when they gloss over something as huge as just that last name they do that very intentionally because they yeah. know that there are fans out there who have like the schematics of the ships who are going to be like oh my god did you pick up this thing and then they're going to go into the spiral of you know going back into the lore and re-watching the timelines just to have a look and see if they can pick something out before another fan does yeah <laughs> you know there, there's definitely that kind of stuff i imagine happening today
0: Oh, I know that. And also they're breaking down as scene by scene, frame mm-hmm. by frame in the Matrix Resurrections. I know they're doing that as well. If you look here at the scene in the corner right there on the right hand side, you will see, you know, it's like something like that. Absolutely. Breakdowns and whatnot. Yeah. But it's going to be very interesting to see how that is going to be a part of that show, Strange New Worlds. And I think it's really a nice little wrinkle that they put in there with this actress that she's going to play some individual that's in relation to the Noonien Singh type scenario there. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. I'm very interested to that show. I really liked Anson Mount and also who played Spock in Star mm-hmm. Trek Discovery. I'm really excited for that. And Rebecca Romaine Smith, who will be playing the number one in the show. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Plus we'll be seeing a young uhura a young nurse chapel uh, i think also a dr mabenga who was also part of the original series as well so we'll be seeing those characters reprised and i'm very curious to see where this series goes because the fact is i don't want to say it was doomed but we all know what happened to captain pike in the original series because that led off the original series back way back when in the mid-1960s
1: yeah I'm sure that they will make that. <laughs> I'm sure that they're going to make that make sense. They wouldn't mess with that too bad, would they? Well, uh,
0: he gets confined to a wheelchair, you know, even in the reboots, you know, mm. he was he was reprised again. And ultimately, what, because of what happened, he was in fact, he did pass away. He was confined to a wheelchair in the original rebooted movie, but he relearned how to walk with a cane in Star Trek Into Darkness before Khan killed him. I really like Into Darkness. I I think the reboot is the best, but Into Darkness, I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people do like it. It's it's a very hot button issue. I think it's better than the last Star Trek movie that was shown off. And I think that's the last Star Trek movie that was shown off is the reason why we've had such a long period of time between Star Trek movies, but no mention of Star Trek movies. And I'm kind of disappointed that that would have been a great way to top things off personally. Star Trek um, Beyond was the last movie. So
1: Yeah. Okay. So you get a lot of fans who were maybe a little disenfranchised with Star Trek for a long time. And I think it took some time for fans to forgive you know how they were treating fans because they were going after stuff for copyright infringement and and things like that sure it's intellectual property but it's also something that people are so passionate about that they're creating their own content for i mean this is the stuff that kept star trek going while there was that tremendous break in star trek official content
0: star trek beyond is so funny because i totally forgot that justin lynn mastermind behind the fast and furious (laughs) franchise he directed that movie
2: yeah
0: yeah and had idris elba one of my favorite actors and uh, again i may have to go ahead and re-watch that film but i could watch all three so all the reboots are great for me i'm hoping that we will soon hear more news because i know it's in some stage of development as far as a new star trek movie is concerned seems to be changing by the month always I believe that they still have a writer working on a script at this point in time. We've heard all these names from the past that, you know, from Tarantino to other different names, a time thing that they're going to jump back and going to have Chris Hemsworth make an a, you know, a, a appearance on, on the movie re- and re- reprise his role from the original reboot. That was talked about and that got nixed. So I I, just, I don't know. I just it seems at the point of this time I'm still excited for the Star Trek universe. Star Trek Prodigy. I want to make sure we don't leave that out. That's a, a new series that's coming, a new animated series. I really like that's going to happen. Also, Paramount Plus and Nickelodeon. So people are going to be able to see that's going to be meant for all audiences, but mainly younger audiences as well. But overall, your thoughts on Star Trek and where it stands right now after Star Trek Day?
1: Yes. There you go. <laughs>
0: fair enough indeed. how is that <laughs> fair <laughs> enough yes. but if you're, you're Bring me ex- all oh. of
1: the star trek all of the time and i will be an incredibly happy girl even if it's terrible it's like pizza bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza bad star trek is still pretty good because it's still star trek that's the way that i look at it
0: just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool that's
1: even.
0: it yeah there you go all right but what are your thoughts out there on star trek after star trek day with Picard getting approved for Season 3 before Season 2 comes out in February 2022. You've got Star Trek Discovery, which got announced for a release date of November 18th. It's kind of disappointing I didn't see a trailer, but they're very excited, I guess, for the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery. Strange New Worlds announcing its full cast. Star Trek Lower Decks showcasing its mid-season trailer. And Star Trek Prodigy showing you a full trailer there. Let us know if you are a truckie or a, somebody that's thinking about stepping into the Star Trek universe. We would love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
3: If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are, and you got to check out Season 1 of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing
0: toys, you will love action figure adventure. Well, my friend, there's still more to talk about on today's episode. And that was What If? Because Marvel's What If? did come out with episode five. And as we've seen, they're using this show to go ahead and do different things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've seen a murder mystery, we've seen a little bit of a dark turn into horror with last week's episode with Doctor Strange, and they've tinged into a a little bit even more horror, but it was actually sort of, to me, more of a campy fun style horror deal with Marvel Zombies, a what if scenario that was based in the Infinity War just before Avengers Endgame type deal, with the same type of scenario, with Hulk crashing into Doctor Strange's abode and you know saying, "Hey, we need you know help, help! Thanos is coming!" All of a sudden, he, Bruce Banner realizes he's in a lot more trouble than what he thought he would be <laughs> because the whole place was filled with Marvel zombies.
1: Everything that I've seen and and all of the reviews that I've seen on it is – I'm reading a lot of mixed reactions. Is that what you're seeing?
0: I am, uh, but I can tell you firsthand I enjoyed it. I thought it was really campy fun. I think if you take it for what it's worth, uh, I think it was. I think that some of the jokes, because it became a joke fest, I think they should have made it a little bit more serious Mm. because they, they had a hard time determining whether or not they want to make it serious or not serious. But I enjoyed what I saw just because of the fact it's different yeah. from what I've seen. And the fact is that they chose individuals to live that I really enjoyed. Chadwick Boseman, uh, by the end of the episode, spoilers, is one of the individual survivors. So we got to hear him one more time. This is, I think, number two of four mm-hmm. uh, of his final appearances. Uh, we, we did not get to hear an actual Tom Holland. And he was one of the few voices that unfortunately did not make it. So we, we had to substitute Tom Holland there. But I was happy to go ahead and hear Paul Rudd in a very heady role. And I will just leave it at that if you've not seen the episode as of yet. But it was very headstrong. And I'm going to use all these head puns as best I can, <laughs> because it's relating to that. But it was interesting. I mean, they got Evangeline Lilly. They got Denai Gurira. They they got several individuals from the Marvel Cinematic Universe past. I think they got more cooperation for this episode than any other. And it was great to hear <laughs> for me. I mean, they got a whole ton of people there participate in this. And to me, I think that was the most interesting part. But it leads me to the question that what if it's going to have a season two most likely? We will not probably see any more completion of the story until next season but with the mixed reviews are you thinking that maybe there will not be a return to marvel zombies because i thought it was campy fun i enjoyed it for what it was and i would like to see a delving into the world of marvel zombies once again
1: i appreciate a good campy zombie movie so um i'm sure that i would have been in the column of people who enjoyed the episode as well but as you said with this what if series i think that taking it for what it is and then moving on with your day is the correct way to approach it to be 100 percent honest with it
0: yeah absolutely i mean it's it's not meant to be serious oh i I know that there are certain characters and certain uh, things that they're going to take from this universe and apply it to the marvel cinematic universe live action i know that most likely for me i would probably say captain carter is Haley Atwell she would probably be most likely the most likely candidate to appear at some point in time in a movie down the line as far as her character from the what if series but it would be kind of neat if Marvel's zombies are there for even a glimpse on a movie maybe like multiverse of madness or something like that because it was interesting to see all the different characters all the different Avengers who were eventually turned into zombies and to me that was part of the fun
1: yeah absolutely as it should be and fun. Uh, Let's just underline the word fun.
0: Again, yeah, well, but again the people you in know, the back. Fun.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: know a lot of people are have mixed reactions on it, but the thing is that it's just you know, when was the last time you really saw a highly critically made zombie film? I mean 28 Days Later, that was really a good film. I think there's there there's a, a small few. I think the early years of The Walking Dead were critically praised and then it mm-hmm. became what it was or what it is now so many seasons later uh, and we'll I'll just leave it at that I don't know what your (laughs) thoughts on it are I don't know if you still follow the series but I you know I still do in some form but I think a lot of people out there are like let's get it over with let's end the series but it's going to end it's in its final season but it's also not going to end because they're going to spin it off with with some characters from there so are they really ending it I don't think that's what you could really classify it as but with zombie films they're just for the most part, if they're they they get an audience to go ahead and just figure out who's going to turn next, who's going to be the next zombie. I think that's part of the fun. Absolutely, yeah, a
1: hundred percent. You know, it, it's like uh, what was the character's name? Glenn, who died by the dumpster. Yeah. Remember, everybody was talking about that same situation, or who they
0: thought died yeah. by, under the dumpster, yeah, right, or yeah. died by so, the dumpster, yeah, and then who was actually under the dumpster,
1: right. And then, you know, so I, I think you have a, a lot of the same kind of reactions with that when you're watching the, the What If episode, so.
0: Absolutely. And so yeah. I ask you this, with What If, I mean, it's something that I know a lot of people are maybe taking a breather from as far as, you know, the, the numbers cannot be as strong as what they were for Loki or the Falcon and Winter Soldier or even WandaVision, which is now up for Emmy consideration. I want to hear your thoughts on this I mean I know for people out there they're taking a break from the Marvel Cinematic Universe because maybe there's too much being thrown at them and if they are they're probably using this as a vehicle to maybe not check it out right now because they don't feel it's pertinent enough I thought that very same thing as well in fact I said on this show previously I thought of all the shows that you could probably avoid or miss this one but after hearing that some elements will be taken to the live action and seeing some of the episodes, I think it's been really fun so far. Some of the episodes have really resonated with me. Uh, I just think that if people should give it a chance at some point in time down the line.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's a good one to put on while you're doing something else. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? You know, yes. it's it's a it's a good like turn your brain off and eat some popcorn and, and burn through a couple of episodes. It's perfect for that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't in love with the first episode, but I do like uh, the Captain Carter. Uh, I do like the fact that they're they're reviving her character and that she might have a future down the road. I especially liked the next episode, which featured Chadwick Boseman. You know, what if he had been Star-Lord? Mm-hmm. And I, I do like the rest of the series so far. I like the murder mystery with Samuel Jackson figuring everything out. I thought that was Really cool having him in that type of situation is more of a detective than anything else. I really enjoyed that aspect. Then we had Benedict Cumberbatch last week spiral into uh, you know just a, a deep dark version of Doctor Strange, which could be a precursor to what we might see in Multiverse of Madness, because there is the possibility out there that he could become evil with whatever is coming up for him in that universe.
1: Yeah, that's true. Or
0: multiverse, or whatever you want to call it at this point, because that's the future for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a multiverse. So I'm very, very interested to see this series continue, uh, you know, at least finish out the season. And I'll probably on this show provide some final thoughts on the series as a whole. But so far, it's worked for me. It's not been too bad to watch.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's fun to watch. And it just lets you see things in a different context. And I don't think that there's ever anything wrong with that.
0: No, no, there isn't. And with Shang-Chi, and I got to end this segment on on this note, and that's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings doing so well. And Simu Liu, he he just goes out on social media on Monday, and he ravaged those sites and those places and those individuals who were attacking the film and saying the movie was going to fail, the movie was certain to bomb, and those individual sites that that were already predicting its doom and i took great pleasure in that as well because i know some some people were trying to post that it was going to fail ahead of time a lot of people wanted this movie to fail shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and i'm very very happy to say that the film is good it's all right in fact it's on the upper half of my list of the marvel cinematic universe in fact if you go and check out popculturecosmos.com right now And type in the search bar, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're going to see my guide, the Gerald Glass for Pop Culture Cosmos guide to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you're going to see it from 1 to 25, I think right now, 1 to 25. My choices in order, what I think is the best, what I think is the worst. And it fits in the top half, I said that. So I did enjoy it for what it's worth. And I really am am just hopeful for that series. I really think Simu Liu killed it as Shang-Chi. I really enjoyed Tony Leung. I thought he was a tremendous villain. So I'm looking forward to a future there. But I love the fact that he trolled his haters so well. And they all have to drink some some spilled milk because it really just was a great thing to see on Monday how he he trolled them so hard. I don't know if you, you got a chance to see that, but, he signed his likeness away in 2014 and did some photos because he needed the cash and so there's these all these photos of him that, that have been used over the years for stock photos for sell things like everything from gym memberships to school books and things of that nature so he's seen his image everywhere and it's uh, when he got into Kim's convenience in Canada yeah yep. he, he started to see that even more and more and now that he is <sighs> he's shang chi he is seeing it now uh, not only as far as being resold but also on memes everywhere so he finally turned that around and used those stock photos of of him one in particular where he's actually pointing and laughing in a stock photo but it's interesting to see that he's using these photos from the past now mind you he's not making any more money off it because he he got paid only 100 bucks for it but it's so funny to see he's finally getting
1: his revenge absolutely yeah, I love it when when people can do stuff like that. I think it's great. I think it shows a sense of humor about what you had to do to get to the point where you are in a Marvel movie and it is deemed a success.
0: Are you going to get a chance to go see the film at all, see Liu, and and obviously Gosh.
1: Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings? I hope so. That's another one that I think is worth going to a movie theater to see as well. So I hope to hear of the next little bit.
0: I recommend it. I think it was a good time, especially if you're into the martial arts genre. I think it pays Mm -hmm. a great homage, especially in the first half of the film, that it really does pay a great homage to martial arts films. You'll see, if you remember Enter the Dragon, if you remember Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, if you remember those monumental martial arts films, there are nods, definite nods to both of those films. And I'm really looking forward to seeing people's reaction to it so far the reaction has mostly been positive and i'm looking forward to continuing that type of enthusiasm for it and for his character because i think for someone on on screen for the first time as a marvel character he was right there as far as a debut as one of the best out there i think he really felt comfortable in that role and i look forward to seeing him in more opportunities in the marvel cinematic universe
1: yeah very excited for that actor very very excited
0: What are your thoughts out there on the latest What If? Did you like the zombies?
1: Gross! No, I hate zombie noises.
0: (laughs) Did you like Marvel zombies in the latest episode of What If? And then are you happy for the success of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, coming up next are some brief thoughts on playstation's latest event we'll share some thoughts on what they debuted and did we like it or not like it and what do they have in store for us for playstation 5 owners we'll give a taste of that coming up after the break this is the pcc multiverse
3: and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
2: What's up, DJ Johnson here. Brother, just finished watching the PlayStation Showcase and it was incredible. A Lot of great reveals. First and foremost, they revealed Master of the Old Republic 2 is being remade for the current gen systems. That was incredible incredible news uh, just the idea of diving back into the old republic is tantalizing in and of itself and let alone the fact that it's a ps5 timed exclusive so it will be on playstation first and then ultimately will make its way to other platforms but it will start off on the playstation so that was that was hit number one and that was right out the gate they had a ton of other titles showed some games that looked a little interesting i don't know how well it's going to ultimately play out. They did have uh, a game that looks like it's going to be Forspoken. Uh, looks like it's got very, really, very great potential. That's coming out spring of 2022. They also showed off a game called Project E, which has given me a definite Devil May Cry, mixed with Band Netta, mixed with a little near-automatic uh, vibe, too. Uh, didn't get a release date for that. Borderlands spinoff, uh, Tiny Teens Wonderland, was shown as well. Rainbow Six Extraction was shown. I'm not really the idea. If I think of a Tom Clancy Rainbow Six game, I think of realism. I think of tactical shooters, player versus players. And this one just looks like a Call of Duty Zombies kind of ripoff, more or less. They also showed the Alan Wake remaster. If the footage that they've shown was actual gameplay footage from the current systems, then it really doesn't look any different than when it initially came out on the Xbox 360. So I'm really needing to see some good, graphical updates to make this a worthwhile purchase or I'll just stick with this on my place on my Xbox. Grand Theft Auto 5 they've shown, they pushed that back to March of 2022. Uh, It was scheduled to release on November of 2021, but they pushed that back, obviously, so that's where we are with that. They also showed the uh, new Guardians of the Galaxy game. I'm still not sold on that. I'm just not there. Just not there. Vampire Bloodhunt looks like it's going to be an interesting multiplayer mayhem type game, incorporating vampires and Different types of vampires, Nosferatus and Brujas, and that'd be interesting. They showed Deathloop again. Still not really sure what that game is, but it's like it could ultimately be fun. Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. They showed remastered versions of both of those games. Games that are already tried and true, games that are already gorgeous on the PlayStation 4. They are showing remastered versions for it. It is unknown yet as of this point if they are going to be. Upgradable from what you currently have for the standard price of the ten dollars that playstation executives have said is going to be standard practice now Or if they will be free that's yet to be determined I'd imagine that we probably look at an upgrade fee if not just the full-on $30 for a quote-unquote new experience, so interesting to see what happens with that Then they went on to the playstation studios portion of the showcase and that's where it got crazy starting off with an insomniac teaser They are releasing a game based on Wolverine. The next Insomniac game is going to be Marvel Wolverine. They also then showed Gran Turismo 7, which uh, looks, again, gorgeous game. Gran Turismo has always been a gorgeous, visually, uh, aesthetically speaking, beautiful game. Shows to be lots of customization. They showed some racing footage, all pretty standard stuff. But again, just absolutely gorgeous uh, and something I then went on to show Spider-Man 2, or that's not expected to be out until 2023. They did show what appears to be Peter and Miles kind of teaming up. So it could be a little Arkham Knight-ish where you have moments where you control Peter and Miles together. Maybe not sure. The trailer looked fantastic. They're going to be introducing uh, Venom in this one. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see as well. And then they wrapped up the showcase revealing God of War, Ragnarok. By and large, this was a, a fantastic showcase. Uh, I really didn't, there wasn't much about the showcase that I didn't like. Uh, some of the standout ones for me, as I mentioned earlier, with KOTOR, Force Polka, which is, looks like it's going to be a really, really fun game. Looks like it's got to be a mix of the character moments of Life is Strange, the heavy, heavy character moments in that, mixed with some otherworldly, kind of fantastical exploration, flying, combat, fun. It's just its just a very, very interesting game. It's hard to describe with words, uh, but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, obviously, like we talked about, Master of the Old Republic, that's going to be insane. My sleeper hit, though, was a game called Tachia, which is a cute little game. It uses the guitar mechanics from The Last of Us 2 where you kind of pick a chord and you strum it. Uh, you can possess animals. It's like it has Zelda-inspired exploration. Obviously, being a father with a young kids, those kind of games are endearing to me. Uh, that was kind of my sleeper pick as far as an uh, honest fun family game but uh by and large a great presentation really looking forward to a lot of things coming out and a lot of these things are coming a lot sooner than we thought the Spoken game that i was mentioning earlier we're going to be spring of 2022 so they're coming a lot sooner than uh than we realized uh, as well as the, the grand theft auto 5 remaster or playstation 5 and current gen version if you will 2022 again spring 2022 so it's good time to be a gamer. It's going to be a lot of fun coming down here to Pipeline. And overall, it's just a great showcase. Thanks for letting me come on and uh, I share my parts.
0: I also got a chance to check out the PlayStation Showcase for this year, and I was pleasantly surprised overall. I will be sharing my thoughts in much more detail than I can here on today's show with Josh coming up on the Monday show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. But I will tell you briefly that I did get a chance to check out The PlayStation Showcase and, of course, the new God of War, God of War Ragnarok. That obviously looks very good at what was showcased as far as the combat, a little bit of the story, a little bit of the interaction. Very detailed, and it's a feast for the eyes for a lot of PlayStation 4, but especially PlayStation 5 owners coming up next year when it comes out. Gran Turismo, I think, is the key there with Gran Turismo 7. The reason why I say that this is a formerly huge and big IP in the world of racing. This used to be the preeminent video game title for the racing genre and it's seen better days and also with the rise of the Forza IPs, both Horizon and Forza Motorsports, it's now, and you also got to include F1 and Codemasters. So, Gran Turismo 7 has stepped up, and in the trailer that they showed off at the PlayStation Showcase, it was really impressive. So I am very intrigued by seeing what Gran Turismo 7 is going to offer when it comes out. I'm excited that Uncharted 4 and also Uncharted The Lost Legacy, those two titles are going to get a nice polishing and going to get a nice little shine thrown in there with an upgrade in the graphics. I am also concerned like TJ, about if it's going to cost an extra 10 bucks, which I'm assuming it's going to. I'm hoping that they'll recant and it's going to be free, but I'm thinking that knowing PlayStation, that it will probably cost people money. But for those games, I'm willing to go ahead and invest that time and extra money into it because I'd love to go ahead and take a challenge once again in one of my favorite game series of all time, the Uncharted series. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention as well that a new coat of paint on the Knights of the Old Republic, this remake that's been announced, yes, it will come to Xbox, and it will come to other platforms, most likely somewhere down the road. But first and foremost, it's coming out on the PlayStation, and I know that was a big coup for PlayStation to go ahead and get that for an exclusive time period that it will be there. So I'm excited to see what this redo of the Knights of the Old Republic will be and how good it will come out and how it will be presented. So I'm looking forward to that. But yes, overall, it was a great showcase for PlayStation. I know there's a lot of other games I want to touch on, but I really don't want to go into too much detail here because I would go over my time. Yes, Spider-Man 2 is coming out. Enjoyed that. Insomniac is doing that. Plus Marvel's Wolverine. I really enjoyed the PlayStation showcase. I really think it shows now that to PlayStation 5 owners that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know that there's a lot of games now in development that I would like to play. So for those who don't have a PlayStation 5 as of yet, and even those that do, there is hope on the horizon, pardon the pun with the Horizon Forbidden West. That we're going to go ahead and get some great games coming down the pike from PlayStation. So the PlayStation Showcase, again, I will be talking more about it with Josh coming up on the Monday show. We're going to go in detail on some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like, and a lot on the games that were presented at this showcase. So if you have any questions or comments, if you got a chance to check out the PlayStation Showcase, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. want to thank so much. TJ Johnson for stopping by to share thoughts on the latest PlayStation event. But before we head on out, Melinda, and I wanted to ask you this, Melinda Barkhouse, who does such a tremendous job for us each and every week on the number one tabletop streamer for RPG gaming, and that is Pop Culture Cosmos. You wanted to talk about a little, little reboot that's happening at AMC entitled Interview with a Vampire, based off the book, obviously, from Anne Rice.
1: Yeah. And then also
0: the movie that was made with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt.
1: Yes. Well, I mean you you cannot have a conversation about interview with a vampire and not bring up Tom Cruise as Lestat. You just yeah. you just by law I don't think I that agree. you're allowed. I think I somebody comes directly to your house and takes you away in a car. Yes. Yeah, I think that that's how it goes. But yeah, the the show is coming. Both Christopher Rice and Anne Rice are signed on to be producers, perhaps even executive producers on the show. But they finally cast Lestat and Louis. We have Sam Reed as Lestat. And we've got Jacob Anderson as Louis, which is very interesting if you are a Game of Thrones fan. But I think it's going to work. I'm really excited about this casting. I think it's going to be great.
0: I am not as excited because it's an intimidating role, even though the movie itself is, depending on who you ask, it's, you know, it's really good or really not so good. I think one thing you take away from me is the brilliant performance of Tom Cruise. And people forget how good an actor Tom Cruise has been over the years. I mean, he he came up as a very lauded actor in the 80s and 90s and it's roles like these where he's allowed to go ahead and embrace the role and that role is one of the top five performances in my book for me I love Tropic Thunder everybody always talks about in the modern age for Tom Cruise Tropic Thunder where he was able to take that role and just take it to another level I think he did he carried this film Brad Pitt was just like along for the ride and do narration I really think that Brad Pitt was just almost pedestrian at times and you just it's basically setting everything up for Tom Cruise. And I, I really think that Tom Cruise killed in that movie. And I really hope that they'll be able to recreate that kind of chemistry. The chemistry is one thing I took away between Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. And even though Brad Pitt was more, I don't know, uh, he was supposed to be more wooden and more controlled in his yes. performance. I want to see the kind of chemistry that those two are going to make.
1: Yeah. And I think that obviously something that, and and christopher would both be very aware of during the casting process and just the fact that anne and her son are so heavily involved in this is is giving me a little bit of hope because i mean do we need to talk about the queen of the damned <laughs> i don't know that we want to but it's definitely a bonus when you have the author of these beloved books so involved in the project and I know that they were looking very hard and very carefully at who even was going to be the screenwriter for the project so I know that it's absolutely okay it's probably the biggest project that Anne Rice would undertake aside from writing a novel you know but I think aside from it being that, it's also an incredible passion project for a lot of the people that I've seen, who they've attached to the show, like the screenwriters and and the people who will be directing and and stuff like that. And it's going to be on AMC. and the stuff that I've seen on AMC has all been really good. So you know, if you take all of those things and you put them all together, I think what we're going to get is a really delicious interview with a vampire. It'll be delicious. Delicious. Indeed.
0: Indeed. Delicious for who? Maybe for Lestat? That's for sure. But we'll wait and see. Once again, it's Interview with a Vampire coming back to AMC in the not-too-distant future. The cast is being settled on right now. So we want to hear your thoughts. Are you ready to return to that world of Interview with a Vampire? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com my friend it's been a great episode once again talking a lot of great things in pop culture i look forward to my conversation with josh peterson coming up on the monday program and i'm looking forward to having you back on melinda next week if, of course all possible if you can mm-hmm. it was great having you here but any last thoughts on the way out
1: go watch all of the star trek every time it comes out even if it's terrible it's still star trek just go do it
0: there's the Enterprise series, <laughs> and then there's, uh, you know, so much out there that you yes. have to go ahead and see. I mean, that's oh. a lot to consume.
1: And if you can, do it in cosplay. It's so much better.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Melinda, all I say is live long and prosper. Indeed. So from Melinda Barkhouse, this is Gerald Glassman. That's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
1: Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek
0: here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today.
3: Hello there! I can see you have great taste in podcasts. Keep your discerning streak going with the Soul Forge podcast. No topic is off limits on the Soul Forge. We talk about life, toys, dating, geekiness, love, nerdiness, sex and dating, TV, movies, and just about anything you can think of. Check out the Soul Forge podcast. soulforgepodcast.com and wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere.